What's up? You guys sound good. You feel good? I don't know what campus you're at, but Littleton is on fire today. Hey, welcome. If you're, if you're watching this at a different service at Littleton, welcome to all of you. Lakewood, hello, Evergreen, Arvada, Brussels, Belgium. We love you guys over there in Waterloo. Can we make some noise for our church in Brussels? And men and women at both God Behind Bars campuses, you are every bit as much a part of this church family as those of us sitting in this room right now. We love you. We're so glad you're doing church with us today. Can we say hi to everybody at our God Behind Bars campus? I want to start today with a question. Uh, at all locations, if you have been a part of Red Rocks Church for over a year, put your hands in the air. All right, all right, keep them up, keep them up. Two years. Okay, okay. Four years. Had a big drop off. <laughs> Six years. Oh, we got some people with some patience in this room. I don't know what's going on at the other campuses. Ten years. Oh, we got some OGs right there, right there. Come on, Craig Vincent, I see you. That, that'll make sense why I'm, why I'm asking that here in a minute. How many of you are visiting with us for the very first time at every single location? Hey, Red Rocks, can we welcome our first-time visitors? We're so glad that you guys are here. I, I want to make sure you understand something right up top. You may be sitting in whatever location you're at right now. Maybe you're watching this. I know people have told me they watch messages at home because they've never been to the church and they're afraid if they came to the church, they might be judged or they wouldn't be welcomed, so they just stay at home. Wherever you're watching this from, we want you to know this. In this place, no matter what you've been through, no matter what's going on, and no matter where you find yourself in relationship to God today, we want you to know in this place, you are welcomed. We're glad you're here. And we'll do our very best to make you feel loved and valued and accepted. So welcome to Red Rocks Church. We're in this teaching series called Just Getting Started. I know it's a miracle. We're not doing Live Free anymore. <laughs> Longest teaching series in the history of the church. We're going to have to get new hoodies, aren't we? I see a bunch of Live Free hoodies. You know, we might just bring Live Free 2.0 back after this series. I don't know. But we're in this series called Just Getting Started. And I believe that God wants to say to some of you, in fact, this may be the very reason, this may be the only thing you need to hear the whole time that you're here today with us. I believe that God wants to say to some of you right now, you feel like there's some things in life that, that are finished and it's breaking your heart. You feel like the dream isn't happening. You feel like God has put something in your heart for you to go and do and be a part of an experience and it's never going to happen and you're starting to feel hopeless and you're wanting to give up. And I believe God wants to say to some of you today, don't you dare give up. Don't you dare stop trusting in the creator of the universe because he's working in your life right now in ways that you just can't understand. And I believe he wants to say to some of you today, I'm just getting started. All right? That may be the only reason why some of you are here today, but if that's you... I'm glad you're here. So we started off with this idea of just getting started actually on Easter weekend. And we started celebrating the fact that on a Friday, Jesus said, it is finished. But on a Sunday, he walked out of a tomb and said, I'm just getting started, didn't he? 
And, and everybody in his life, they, they, they were hanging their head and they were scared to death and they were running and they were, they were starting to feel hopeless and starting to feel like there was uh, everything that they had dreamed about was over. The, the situation could not be fixed, like it was too far gone, right? And, and Jesus goes and finds his boys and his friends and his family. And he says, no, you didn't know that I was working, but I was working. I've been defeating sin, hell, and the grave. And now when it comes to your lives, I'm just getting started, boys. And then he tells his friends and he tells his family the same thing. And then Chad picked it up from there last week. Amazing message. If you guys missed last week, you got to get caught up. And he talked about how Jesus goes and he finds all of his disciples and he says, I know you thought it was over, but it's just getting started. And they got all pumped up and they're like, all right, what do we do now? And he says, you go wait. <laughs> okay, fun. <laughs> you go wait and you go pray and you go start to expect the Holy Spirit. Well, they didn't even know what that meant. And they go get together with some other believers and some other followers and they start praying and the Holy Spirit falls for the very first time and it starts to blow them away. And then the apostle Peter with the 11 stands up, speaks up, empowered by the Holy Spirit, gives the very first sermon about the resurrected Jesus Christ being the son of God, the one and only son of the one and only God and the one and only way to heaven. And the church gets started that day. That's what we talked about last week. And as Chad was talking, I couldn't help but think about how our church here and what we do this weekend is really just an extension of that very first service when the church based on Jesus got started. But it also started making me think about when this part of the church, our local church, got started. And, and some of you, not many of you, had your hands up that you've been here 10 plus years. So see, you look at all these buildings and all these people and all the stuff, and you're just like, I guess it's always been that way. And the few of you who had your hands up saying, I've been here for over 10 years, are like, mm-mm, I've been through some things. <laughs> like, you've been through some stuff, right, to be here that long. Um, I, like to, I like to talk about this stuff about once a year, once every other year, because so many people are joining the church family all the time. And I just want you to always know where you come from and where you come from is a creepy theme park. That's where you come from. <laughs> in fact, if you want to have some fun this week, go on YouTube and type in at the square rap video and you'll see exactly where we came from. The grand poobah, the original gangsta of Red Rocks Church is none other than Scott Brugman. And, and he, you can clap, put your hands together for Scott. If it's not for Scott and what God started with him, none of us are here. Scott and Lori and their girls, Drew and Maya, Brock wasn't here yet. They moved to Denver. They start praying and, and, and try to start casting some vision and raising some money for this crazy idea called Red Rocks Church. And then they, they get together with some friends. They meet a guy named Todd and a guy named Jake, and they start praying. And one night, some of them are getting together with some friends, and they're praying, God, where could we possibly start this church at? We can't afford anything in Denver. And all of a sudden, one of the guys goes, I got an idea. And they went to the back of a creepy theme park in the middle of the night, and they looked at a building in the back corner and went, bingo. <laughs> this is what they found. That's where we come from, church. Hey, leave that picture up for a second. See the picture in the lower left, that red barn? Can you believe, listen to this. This is going to freak you out for a second. 
We had Easter in that barn two years ago. Doesn't that feel like a lifetime ago? Two years ago, that's where we were. Don't forget where we come from. We are carnies at heart. <laughs> it was a tough invite back in the day. It was tough to invite people to come to your church. It's not so tough today because there's a bunch of crowds and a bunch of people and buildings with air conditioning and, you know, just things, right? Uh, back then, it was about 50 people in the back corner of a theme park in a pastel building. There was nothing cool about it. In fact, it felt more like a cult. <laughs> and and we, we went through, so there were bears. We, found, we had bears out back. We found snakes in the kids' room one day. Uh, it happened. It was real, okay? The people up 10 years like, been there. Mm-hmm. It was painful. Um, we, it flooded. The whole park flooded once. We would have bug infestations, these, these things called box elder bugs, and they would come in such huge swarms that they would get on the entire side of that pastel building, and you couldn't even tell what color it was. And I started thinking about it this week, and I was like, wait a second. We had bears and snakes and floods and bugs. God was sending the 10 plagues upon us, <laughs> trying to get us to leave. We just wouldn't listen. <laughs> and there was this little miniature train that would go around the theme park. And back in the day, like me and Chad, we'd be preaching our hearts out. And it would get quiet, and we'd be like, does anyone want Jesus? Nobody would respond. And then in the background, you'd hear, choo-choo. <laughs> it was, <laughs> struggle's real. And I remember one day when that train about sent me over the edge. We're in the building, and there's about 50 people, and I'm standing at the back of the room, and so the stage is that way, and everybody's looking that way, and of the 50, maybe two of them are worshiping, and one of them is our friend Jenna, and she goes from this to, in the middle of worship, the bugs came from outside to the inside, and they were attacking her, and they were in her hair, and she went running out of the building screaming because bugs were in her hair, and the song that was supposed to invoke passion came to a close, and there was this real awkward silence, and I heard, choo-choo, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think I can do it anymore. And then I would walk outside after service, and I'd have to deal with this. <laughs> That's been going on for years, church. <laughs> the guy started emailing around some pictures this week. We were getting nostalgic, and, and, and someone sent me this picture. This is our church. This is our second ever Easter service. And there's about 10 adults, about three kids, and an Easter bunny. And that's about everybody who came. And we were so heartbroken because we, we spent months putting together eggs for an Easter egg hunt. We hired this spooky bunny, actually. And, and we put on this huge outreach. And we're like, everybody's going to come. It's Easter. And like, you saw how many people came. And I, and I remember like the next week, I would see someone at church. And I was like, hey, I um, couldn't help but notice you weren't at Easter last week. We just spent four months colored eggs, but it's cool. <laughs> Stuck in an avalanche or something, you know, like, and I'm not kidding. This was, this was said to us. They said this. They said, oh, no, you know, it's a, it's a big weekend. It was Easter. You know, we went to a real church. <laughs> yeah, I'm still unwinding that with my counselor today. <laughs> so uh, that happened. <laughs> Thanks for feeling pity. I appreciate that. 
put that picture back up of the Easter. I was looking at that this week and I didn't even realize. And then all of a sudden I went, wait a second, zoom in off to the right. That's my wife, Jill, and our son, Austin. He's one. He's 13 today. Church, time flies, doesn't it? Chad's oldest son, Jude, had just been born a few months before that picture. And now those two boys are best friends. And they say when they grow up, they want to work together. Isn't that cool? I'll tell you what got me the most excited, though, this week was... I was looking at pictures. If you were here a couple weeks ago, Easter's different now. And I thought, you know what? I'm so, this is the kind of church I've dreamed of being a part of. A kind of place where a whole bunch of people get together and they say, we're not just going to say it. We're actually going to do it. We're actually going to make people feel welcome when they show up. We are actually going to love people when they show up, no matter what's going on. We are going to believe in them and we are going to pray for them and we are going to invite them and we are going to serve them when they get here. And because that's the kind of church family you've decided we're going to be, this is what Easter looks like today. 28,000 people heard the message of Jesus Christ on Easter weekend, and over 700 raised their hand and said, I want to start a new relationship with Jesus. And church family, I believe this. We're just getting started. Punch your neighbor in the leg. Say, we're just getting started. If you're both single, say, what's up? Let's read the Bible, huh? The Apostle Peter stands up, preaches this sermon. The church gets started. And the last line of the sermon that Chad read last week was this. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He stands up, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And he says, let me tell you about the one you crucified. He was the one and only son of the one and only God, and he's the one and only way to heaven. And yeah, you might have crucified him, but he came back to life. And I don't have to sell it because this is your city. You live here. 500 of you saw it. And the Bible said it cut him to the heart. That's what happens when we come in contact with the gospel of Jesus. God begins to draw us into a relationship with him and they begin to feel it in their heart as as the apostle Peter is telling them, you can be saved, you can be changed, you can be forgiven, you can be redeemed. They started knowing like God's calling me, I want that. And they said this, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? How do I get that? That's what I want. Peter replied, and here's where we're going today. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The apostle Peter says, repent, get baptized, and expect the Holy Spirit to show up and start to change your life. And if you missed last week, Chad talked about that. How when the Holy Spirit gets involved in our life, we can do things we didn't think we could. We can make it through things we didn't think we could. We can overcome things we never thought we could. When the Holy Spirit gets involved, it changes everything. He says, repent, be baptized, and expect the Holy Spirit to show up. Let's look at those. Repent. He goes on in the next chapter and he he elaborates on it. He says this. He said, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. 
that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And so we talked about that at Easter. When I, when I realized, yep, I'm a sinner and God is calling me and I believe he is who he said he was. I want to put my faith in him. I want to follow him. We receive salvation and our position is changed for eternity. For eternity, we're promised to go to heaven and spend that with God. And, and, and so he starts to explain what happens when we repent and how we are forgiven and how that changes everything. But what I want you to notice is something that he didn't say. What I want you to notice today is something he didn't mention. You know, he never, he said it's available to every single one of us. But you know what he never mentioned? Our feelings. He never mentioned our feelings. And I thought, I've actually heard from two different people this week, and it reminded me how important it is that we make sure we all understand that. The forgiveness didn't have anything to do with our feelings. I was in the gym this week, and I'll be honest with you, I, I've been struggling at the gym lately, all right? And, and it's because I just recently had shoulder surgery, as, as some of you know, and I had a torn rotator cuff, got it fixed. I've been doing rehab. Well, I go to the gym and I don't get to actually like really work out, right? I'm, I'm doing a lot of shoulder rehab stuff. So like I go to the gym and I get to grab like the two pound dumbbells and two pounders are always pink. You know what I'm saying? And so I grab the, like the pink dumbbells and I'm just like doing shoulder exercises. You know, and then I'm doing push-ups on my knees and like it's humiliating. Like what I want to do is I want to stand up on a bench real quick and be like, hey, yo, everybody in the gym real quick. I don't, I didn't mean to interrupt. Listen, I'm about to use the pink dumbbells. Yeah. Shoulder surgery, yeah. And when I do push-ups on my knees, like I'm not Chad, okay? Shoulder surgery, you know what I'm saying? That's all. So, so I go to the gym, I'm prepared to be humiliated already. Like it's already in my mind, I already don't wanna go. I've already sat in the parking lot and tried to talk myself out of it. So I go to the gym, I'm walking to the locker room and I walk by the stair steppers. You know, those, the, the moving stairs things. And stair master, stair stepper, either one. By definition, what you do on those is like self-explanatory, right? Like you step, that's it. You do this, okay? It's a stair stepper. You step on, you don't do anything with your arms. You don't do anything with your feet. You step, like it's self-explanatory. It's in the title. Every machine in the gym has like diagrams of what you do, not the stairmaster. You know why? Because everybody knows what you're supposed to do on it, okay? I say this because something happened that shouldn't have happened. I'm walking to the locker room and there's a girl and instead of just stepping, she decides that she needs to do some sort, I don't know what it, she starts doing this <laughs> on the machine. She's elevated, right? I'm walking through like, here I go, pink, pink dumbbells. And she gives a yeah, and I get a bam, whoa. And I'm just like, oh, I did not want to be here today. <laughs> she, can't, she doesn't even know what happened. How do you kick someone that hard in the face? Not even a look, like she just keeps on and I'm just like, <laughs> no. And I go change and I come out and I start doing push-ups on my knees. I'm just like hat low, hoping nobody recognizes me. And I stand up and I kid you not, there's a girl from the church standing right there and she's like, hey, pastor. And I'm like, oh, hey, how are you? I'm not Chad. Again, let me reiterate. I'm just shoulder exercises, right? So she goes, hey, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to interrupt you. I know you're, you're, you're doing a workout, and, and, um, but I've been, I've been putting an email together, and I want to send it to you. And I'm like, well, what's up? 
And she's like, well, and all of a sudden her, her eyes filled up with tears. And she said, you guys have been talking a lot about like repentance and new starts with God and that God loves me and that I can be forgiven and I can be changed. And she goes, I just can't get past some things. And there's just some stuff, like I just, I can't, I can't figure out how to like be worthy of that forgiveness. And like I've said, I'm sorry, but I just, I don't, I don't feel like I'm forgiven. It just doesn't seem to work. And I said, look, you can send the email and, and, and we, can, we can talk later. But, but let me just tell you, let me just give you a Cliff Notes version real quick. You can't walk out of here until you hear this. Understand this. When you repent of your sins, you are not forgiven because you feel forgiven. You are forgiven because Jesus Christ died on a cross to pay the price for those sins. And the word of God says you're forgiven. You're not forgiven because you feel forgiven. You're forgiven because God's word says you're forgiven. And his word trumps your feelings every single time. And, and, and I'm like preaching in, in, in the gym. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I should go back to, do I have blood right there? I'm done. We're done. Like, but that's it. And I thought, man, and then I got home and got another message from someone else saying, hey, if you ever get a chance, would you ever consider preaching about just like not being able to allow yourself to be forgiven? And I'm like, what? But it's not up to us. We don't, we're not forgiven when we feel it. We're not forgiven when we think we deserve it, are we? We're not forgiven when we think we've earned it. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it on your best day. That's why it's called amazing grace, right? Where is it? Let's find it. Well, here, let's start here. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. There it is right there. I don't have... I can't tell you how many times before I gave my life to God, I thought I need to repent, but I'm just not like, like I sat in a service like this, a friend brought me to a church and I sat here going, I, don't, I know I need to repent. He's not gonna want me and I'm not gonna be able to keep up the act and I can't be like all these people. Like I just don't deserve this kind of stuff. And then I took that step of faith, like a whole bunch of you have, and I put my faith in Jesus and repented of my sins, but I can't tell you how many times, like I've done something, I've said something, I've acted in a certain way, and then I just feel like disgusted with myself, and I just wanna walk, you know what I mean? Like, I better avoid God for a little bit because he's gotta be mad at me right now, and yes, yes, I'm sorry, but I can't be forgiven yet. I don't, I don't feel forgiven, I don't deserve to be forgiven. And again, that's why it's called amazing grace, isn't it? It's by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it on your best day. And you don't have to. All we have to do is receive it. You're not forgiven because you feel it. You're forgiven because God's word says you are. So allow yourself, some of you need to hear this, allow yourself to put down some guilt to walk away from some shame, to allow some things from the past to be just that, in the past. Allow yourself to experience the freedom that Jesus has already paid for you to have. Allow yourself to be forgiven, not because you feel it, but because his word says so, and his word trumps our feelings every time. Notice what he says, let's reread verse 19. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. 
I think that's important to understand that refreshing comes with repentance. Repentance is always accompanied by refreshment. Repentance is always accompanied by refreshment. And, and the reason I say that is because I bet you there's some of you that you heard we're doing a series called Just Getting Started and, and you're like, man, I can't wait. Like, let's go. Heck yeah, I believe that. God's got plans for me. I'm faith-filled. Let's go. But I bet you there's also some of you that you heard we're doing a series called Just Getting Started and truth be told, you're like, mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds cool in church, but like I've just been through some things. I've been doing this for a while. I tried that before. I got my hopes up before, right? And the truth is, as a Christ follower, as someone who's put your faith in Jesus, you, you feel exhausted. You feel tired. You feel jaded towards the things of God, jaded towards the idea that God wants to do something new in your life, jaded towards church. And when it comes to you and God, you kind of just feel bored. I know what that feels like. And I love that the apostle Peter says, hey, look, Yes, your sins are wiped out when you repent, but understand this, the creator of the universe will also begin to refresh you from the inside out when you begin to repent. See, I don't think repentance is just for us the first time we come to God. I think it's also for us on the millionth time we come to God. And I know some of you may have some theological issues with that statement, and I won't argue with you on it, but I will say this. There was a day when Jesus' best friends came to him and said, hey, can you teach us how to pray? And he goes, yeah, boys, here's, here's, do this. Think of some, here's some things. Let me give you some things to think about when you pray. And he he's talked about how it's a daily thing. And one of the things he encouraged them to pray for daily was, God, would you forgive me for my sins? So for me personally, constantly in my prayer life. I'm going, God, today will you forgive me for my sins and would you fill me again with your Holy Spirit? I need it today. I don't think it's just the first time we come to God. I think for me, it's almost every time I come to God. But it isn't, it's a pretty often thing. I'm saying, God, just forgive me for my sins. And, and would your Holy Spirit just fill me again because I'm going through some stuff because I've got some dreams because I'm trying to figure some things out and I just need it. And so here in a few minutes, as a church family at every single location, we're gonna sing Amazing Grace together. And I'm gonna challenge you as we celebrate what Jesus has done to provide us with forgiveness and restoration and salvation. As we celebrate that together, I wanna challenge every single one of you to spend some time during that song and saying that same thing, God, would you forgive me? And would you allow your Holy Spirit to fill me up again today and watch what happens? Think about how your life would be different if the one who spoke and created mountains says, you know what, today I'm gonna refresh you. Think about what, how, how, just how your, your mentality and your emotions and your outlook, like think about how that would change and we're promised refreshment when we repent. So we're going to do that here in a minute. Before we do, I want to finish his phrase and look at that. He said, repent and be baptized, didn't he? Next month, we're having a Red Rocks Church baptism weekend. If you've never been to one, get ready to live. They are the best weekends of the year. But we're having one next month. And so what I want you to do is consider this. 
Have I, have I put my faith in Jesus, but not been obedient and gotten baptized? And if that's you, I want to challenge you, don't leave here today. Don't leave the campus that you're, out right now, at, that you're at right now. Don't leave the room that you're in right now, wherever you're watching this from, until you go on the app or go online and sign up to be baptized. And, and I'll, I'll challenge you to do this too. I believe that you should be baptized when you are old enough to make the decision yourself. I know that certain denominations and certain religious backgrounds baptize babies. Fine, but I'll tell you what, something special happens in your life when you get baptized and it's your decision. Something changes. And understand this, Red Rocks Church, baptism, um, it isn't a suggestion. It's a command. In fact, Jesus said it this way, Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It's our first opportunity at obedience. If you say, I'm a Christ follower and I'm going to follow Jesus, our first opportunity to put our money where our mouth is, our first opportunity to be obedient is to get baptized. We see it all throughout the New Testament. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. And so I want to ask you, have you been baptized when it was your call? If not, don't leave here today before you can go on the app, you can go online, and at some of our locations, you can actually go out in the lobby and they'll help you too, but sign up today. It's your first chance to be obedient. It's also how we go public with our faith. When you get baptized, and some of you know because you've been through this, but in case you don't, when you get baptized, here's what you're saying. To everybody watching, I'm not going to keep this just to me anymore. I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to take a step of faith. And I know I'm not going to be perfect. And I know I'll have highs and lows and there'll be good days and bad days. But to the best of my ability today, I'm drawing a line in the sand and I'm with him and I don't care who knows it. That's what we say when we get baptized. <laughs> and, and listen, the significance of baptism is through the roof. Here's what it, here's what it represents. When you go under the water, it represents that old you, that old me being completely washed away and made new. And when you come up, come up out of the water, it represents us becoming a brand new creation in Christ. It's our first opportunity at obedience. Thank you. <laughs> it's our first opportunity at obedience. I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Oh. Choo-choo. <laughs> oh, that's funny right there. <laughs> it gives us a chance to be obedient. It gives us a chance to go public with our faith. And the significance, it is, it's through the roof. It's amazing. If you haven't signed up, do that. And listen, when you do, there's going to be a question on there that says, would you like to film your testimony? Would you like to share your testimony? And I know for most of you, the answer will absolutely be, <laughs> right? Like, I'm already going to get in a pool in front of a bunch of people I don't know. Don't push your luck, right? <laughs> I'm not sharing my story. That's what you're thinking. And, and I get it. And, you know, and we think things like, my story's too messy. My story doesn't matter. Some just think my story's just boring. I don't have a good testimony. I've heard people say that. Let me tell you what. If you have the kind of testimony where you could say, I haven't actually wrecked my life because Jesus has been a part of my life the whole time, that's the best testimony you could ever have. 
That's the testimony I pray my boys have. You know what I'm saying? So every single story comes with power, though. we got to understand that. Revelations chapter 12 tells us that there's, every, there's, there's two things that defeat the power of Satan in somebody's life today. It's what Jesus did on the cross and the power of our story, of our testimony. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And so I'm asking you, would you take a step of faith? Would you take a risk? Would you be bold enough to say, you know what? I'm going to give my past a purpose. I'm not going to let it just be a prison for me anymore. I'm going to turn it into a platform, and I'm going to tell some people what God's done in my life. Now, listen, when we do this, it changes things, and it changes people. Now, I do know at some point in this process for that particular weekend, at some point the creative team will say, we're just out of space, we can't film anymore. If that happens to you, would you please go to redrockschurch.com forward slash stories and share your story, and we'll do our best to help you share it with as many people as possible. Band, would you come out? No miniature trains, just the music. (laughs) I want to share one last story with you as we close. And then we're going to worship and we're going to repent and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to be in our life again today. There's a girl by the name of Susan. My friend Carson just called me this week. Let me back up. My friend Carson just called me this week and he oversees a lot of the creative aspects of the entire church. And he called me this week and he said, you're not going to believe. Someone went and shared their story online. He said, you're not going to believe the story I just read. And then he met with her and then she shared it with him as well. He said, you're not going to believe this story. Her name's Susan. She's a part of the Red Rocks Church family. And she said, you can share my story. I'll let God use my past. I'll I'll put a purpose on it. Well, she went through something that, truth be told, most of us would go, I can't even fathom. Some of you know what it's like, but most of us would go, I can't even fathom. She didn't even know that her husband was sick. She didn't even know he was struggling with mental illness. And her husband committed suicide and she went on to talk about how her life just started to spiral down she said I I didn't know I could feel that lonely I didn't know I could feel that hopeless and she said it got so bad that one day she tried to take her own life God saved her she ends up at a Red Rocks Church service on a baptism Sunday Now, I'll tell you, truth be told, for me, sometimes I get this twisted and I think, oh, there's someone I want to invite, but I don't want to invite them on baptism week because that's the kind of freaky week and everybody's getting in and out of the pool, you know what I mean? And like, oh. You're laughing because you're like, yeah, me too, I've thought that. (laughs) Listen, let me tell you something, church. I don't think there's a better week of the entire year to invite somebody to than baptism weekend. And I'll tell you why. Because you don't hear about the Word of God in theory. You just listen to story after story after story after story of lives being changed and it's powerful. And you tell me our God wasn't at work in Susan's life even when she had no idea what he was doing. Out of all of our locations in the different cities and all the different service times, God brought her to the one service where the one testimony she heard at that service, someone said, I'll share my story. Someone in my family committed suicide. And I didn't think I could make it. And that's the the service that Susan was at. 
And that person on video said, I didn't think I could make it, but God's in my life and God's been doing some stuff and I'm still here today and I made it through impossible. I made it through things that I felt were impossible, but what I learned is with God, nothing is impossible. And Susan listened to this and started to go, wait a minute, if God could do that in that person's life, maybe God could do that in my life. And she took a step of faith and said, okay, God, if you're real, I want you. And here's what she said this week. She said, here's what I know. She said, I know God is real. I know he loves me. She said, I'm not lonely anymore. I'm not hopeless anymore. God did a miracle in my life. That's her story. And her life is so turned around because somebody was willing to take a step of faith and say, I'll just tell you what happened to me. Guys, when we're willing to be vulnerable and we're willing to just stop pretending, like, you know, church isn't a place where we're supposed to come here and pretend. We're supposed to be able to come here broken just as we are so the creator of the universe, the great physician can begin to heal us. It's okay to share some of your past. Give it a purpose. The apostle Peter said to a whole bunch of people in the very first church service, he said, you want this? You want what I'm talking about? He said, spend some time repenting. If you haven't, get baptized and expect the Holy Spirit to show up and watch what he'll do in your life. And every bit of that is true for us today, Red Rocks Church. At every location, would you guys stand up? Now listen, we're gonna, we're gonna sing Amazing Grace together. For some of you, it'll be the first time in your life you've ever prayed this prayer, God, would you forgive me of my sins? Holy Spirit, would you fill me up? I want to follow you. And for some of you, it might feel like the millionth. But you desperately need refreshing today from the creator of the universe. And I challenge you, would you spend some time during this song? We're going to celebrate what Jesus did. We're going to celebrate the fact that the grace is amazing. But would you too spend a few moments saying, God, I'm sorry for my sins. Would you refresh me? Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Because I need you today. And we're going to believe together as a church family that he meant what he said. And that when his spirit lives inside of us, it changes everything. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Red Rocks Church, let's worship.